My name is Andranik Eskandarian, and you are listening to Tim Melly Talk. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Team Emily Talk. I'm your host, Artif Tahari. Really glad that you can join us. And for this edition of Team Emily Talk, I am on the phone with Ario Hadi, a diehard supporter of Team Emily, the national team of Iran. And he is well known for his work with Golbazan and also Golbazan in Japanese. So first of all, Ario, welcome to Team Emily Talk. It's really great to have you on the show. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's been a while since you've been asking me, and I think I've finally been able to uh, get some time to get on. Awesome. Yes, yeah, sometimes these things do take time, but yes, but we are finally getting this done. And before we get started, you know, as I know, you know, prior to you know talking to you and learning about you know Golbazan in Japanese, you know, I was not very familiar with Iranian football fans, you know, in you know in Japan. I mean, how is the support? for the national team of Iran in Japan? Generally speaking, I would say due to the smaller population of Iranians in Japan, um, of course, the amount of supporters that are able to fill the stadiums whenever there's an Iranian national team game in Japan, whether it's, uh, usually it's not football, it's, it's, it's uh, volleyball or some other sports like basketball, but um, the people that go to the games are very passionate. We're, you know, including me, we're usually very loud. Um, and I would say that among the young people, there's quite a lot of people that are, uh, you know, mixed Iranian, mixed Japanese, that still follow uh, Iranian football when they can online watch games. So uh, even though we, you know, we are a small population, I think uh, there's some pretty passionate fans here. All right, well, let's get right to it. And it's not—it's obviously not something we're, like, extremely excited to talk about. You know, the Asian Cup, the 2019 Asian Cup is finished. Qatar won the tournament. Of course, that's a whole other discussion in itself. But, you know, from your point of view, is it hard to find positives from the 2019 Asian Cup for Iran? Because for me, all I could say is that... I can only look at it with negatives because Iran did not win the Asian Cup. You know, every four years we wait for, we wait for that tournament and we're hoping for Iran to win. And once again, it did not happen. Yeah, for the most part, I agree with you. Um, it is definitely extremely difficult to find positives. And the ones that we do find just seem very manufactured. Like, hey, you know, Bayron Van did a great job. You know, um, like prior to his sending off, Osboon was great. But I mean... Yeah, to be honest, because um, like the top teams in the tournament, South Korea, Japan, you know, even Qatar, um, Iran's minimum expectation was to win, right? And if you're just purely looking at it from, you know, if you're comparing the previous tournament's result to well, how we did this year, um, I mean, yes, mathematically speaking, it is an improvement, but... Yeah, um, I don't think any Iranian supporter is satisfied with the results. And uh, in my opinion, no, um, I don't think there's really that many positives to take from this. I think the positives come in the future preparation, right, uh, for other tournaments that we're going to be in. And even that is uncertain because we don't even know who's going to take over the helm of the you know, coaching role now that Kairosh is gone. 
So, um, yeah, like I said, just lots of uncertainty. That's all I can say. And, of course, we'll get to that discussion about, you know, who will be the next manager of Team LE. But like you said, it's hard to find those positives. And, you know, when, when you look back at the tournament, yeah, you know, you could look at back look back at those wins, the wins over Yemen, win over Vietnam, you know, getting past Oman, you know, dominating China in the quarterfinals. But, yeah, the fact is, you know, those teams are really, you know, not on the same level as Iran. And so to get to that game against Japan and to lose, yeah, obviously, of course, very disappointing. And, you know, we all know these phrases in sports where, you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. But, you know, looking back at that 3 nothing loss to Japan in the semifinals, are you able to maybe point out a couple players from Team Ali that maybe you were a little disappointed in? Or from your point of view, was it just uh, straight up a team loss and, and that's it? There's nothing more to talk about. No, I mean, I, I think there's definitely two sides. On one hand, I do think that, you know, at the end of the day, it is a team loss. You know, you can, you can single out a few players, um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really change the fact that the team was knocked out and we didn't win the tournament. But um, if I had to pick... Uh, I would definitely say that I am extremely disappointed. Even though it's an easy choice, I was extremely disappointed with uh, Osborne, right? Um, you know, we've, we've known that he has a tendency to uh, overreact to certain calls during the game. He is a little bit immature. And, uh, you know, having had some personal issues uh, and, you know, staying away from the national team, I, I, can, I can forgive him for... Um, those off-the-pitch things that he's dealt with. But to lash out at players, uh, you know, no matter what the result of the game is, no matter how, you know, bad it looks like things are going, you know, I just think it was extremely immature, uh, though maybe not totally unexpected from him. Performance-wise, I think, you know, especially during the first half, you know, there there were some good chances. I mean, he had the best you know, definitely had the best chance of the game for Iran before we conceded, right? Even considering that, I still think that he just, for me, uh, was extremely disappointing. Um, also, in general, Jahan Baksh, not just, not just one game, but over the course of the whole tournament, he was not, for me, he didn't meet expectations, right? Um, I mean, as a Team Meli fan, like, I actually didn't have extremely high expectations for Jahan Baksh in general because he tends to be, uh, a perf- he has tended to perform better at the club level than the national team level, uh, historically speaking. But, um, yeah, like, I was hoping that this would be the breakout tournament for him where he kind of stamps his authority on his spots. And he kind of shows why he is, you know, like our most expensive player, why he is playing in the Premier League and, you know, kind of replicate his amazing performances that he's had over the last few years at the club level for the national team. But uh, unfortunately, that just did not come to fruition. And yeah, I mean, that's that. I feel like they're two very easy choices, but I think those two are the players that I was most disappointed in. Well, when it comes to Sardar Azmoun, 
Of course, we all remember how things went at the 2018 World Cup. And I'll be, of course, I'm quick to say it. And if you listen to past podcast episodes, you know, I did not have really anything negative to say about Osmoon, about what took place at the World Cup. I really do truly believe that a lot of fans were, you know, were, you know, basically labeling him, you know, as a, I don't really want to use the word scapegoat, but they were, they were saying that he wasn't playing very well. They're putting a lot of their, you know, they're being, a lot of fans are being very harsh on him. And I was definitely was not one of those fans. And we have seen him, you know, have these problems, you know, where maybe he could be a little mature. And I still remember when he retired, I knew that, that it would not last. And the bottom line is he does have to learn. I feel like he did learn from some of his mistakes, but like you mentioned, with, you know, problems on the pitch, especially against Japan. Yes, he definitely needs to learn from that. And, you know, no matter what takes place, no matter what happens, yeah, he still needs to stay away from social media because we all remember that, you know, that had a big impact on his decision when he retired after the World Cup. You know, you know we all know how everything went. Now, mentioning Ali Reza Jahanbash, there, there have been a lot of Team Ali fans that have been quick to say that, yes, he plays much better at the club level and not so well for the national team. And a lot of people have attributed that to the fact that Iran has been coached by, that, that the fact that Iran was coached for a good amount of years by Carlos Queiroz. And a lot of us are very satisfied with what Carlos Queiroz did. I mean, he is a hero to so many Team Ellie fans. So with that, going into the next part of this discussion, do you feel that, that a different coach who has a different kind of style, you know, very different from Carlos Queiroz. I mean, will that kind of coach really bring out, you know, the best from Ali Reza Jahanbash? Because like we said, he performs well at the club level, but on the national team level, it seems like, you know, we see a difference. It's, you know, we see a contrast, we see some contrasting performances. Hmm. Um, I would say that, you know, taking nothing away from Queiroz, he has set up the team um, in a way over the years of his coaching, uh, set us up to not concede goals, right? And that has certainly proven very effective in many games. However, yes, I do agree with people that say that Jahan Baksh, um would have definitely benefited from a more attacking style. Um, you know, credit to Jahan Baksh, he's never he's never really complained about um, you know his role within the team, and he always just puts his head down and does his best. But at the same time, yeah, I don't think that Garrus was able to uh, fully be kind of um, make use of I think Jahanbach's skills or maximize his effectiveness on the pitch. Um, I do think to answer your question that yes, a more attack-minded coach. A coach that will employ strategies that kind of, um, you know, require more men to be forward at all times would definitely help Jahan Baksh, uh kind of play with more freedom and just, I think, it will directly translate to more goals, right? However, I don't know, uh, it, it's yet to be seen how the players were react, the players as a whole react to that kind of play style, in my opinion, because... They've grown accustomed to how Kairos just set itself, and um, I don't know the trade-off. The trade-off is is big. You know, I think we're definitely going to be conceding more goals, and uh, you know, no matter how how you look at it. But 
Yes, I think Jahan Bakhsh will definitely benefit from a more attacking style. A lot of Iranian football fans surely will agree with that, but like you were saying, I mean, this is something where, you know, you really got to think of it, think very carefully about this because, you know, what we're talking about, you'll have other, whoever is, you know, to our listeners, you know, they'll probably be saying things like, okay, well, you know, Ali Reza Jahanbash is not the entire team. And like you mentioned, yes, this, these Iranian footballers became very accustomed to playing a defensive style employed by Carlos Queiroz. And w- when you look back at the past, there were a lot of Iranian national, there were different national teams of Iran that, you know, defense was definitely their Achilles heel. And this time around, yeah, we saw with Carlos Queiroz, we saw some excellent defense from Team Ali, the national team of Iran. So naturally, we have to wait and see how things go. And, you know, right now we feel like we have that feeling where it's, you know, we're kind of in limbo. You know, what does the future hold? What's going to happen? I mean, there's probably there's been some rumors here and there about who could be the next coach. I mean, I feel as if when I'm paying attention to the to the news on the internet involving the national team of Iran, I feel like there's not a lot of action taking place. And with that, I mean, who are some of your possible candidates that you would like to see to be the manager of Iran, but also at the same time, in you know, realistically, I mean, what are you expecting? Do you feel like there's going to be a domestic head? Do you feel like the next head coach of Iran will be an Iranian manager from the top leagues in Iran? Or do you think it could be, you know, basically one of the Croatian coaches? You know, some people even talk about Branko Ivankovic coming back you know, on the sidelines for Team LE. Yes, um, that is going to be an extremely difficult decision, I think, you know, to, to decide um, who to, uh, you know, appoint as the next coach. But to make matters worse, I think the Iranian Football Federation is just extremely incompetent. And I have, uh, I'm sorry to say, I don't have much faith that it will make the an appointment that is actually the best for the future of Iranian football. Um, realistically, I think that an easy choice, um, not in terms of skill or pedigree, but in terms of convenience for the Federation would be Ivankovic. Um, and of course, you know, he would have the support of the number one team in Iran, Paris Police. But, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that experiment already, you know, we've already seen how he did when he did manage Iran, and, you know, he was, you know, we can't forget his kind of shameful actions of, you know, kind of escaping, escaping from Iran, and also just, um, you know, the disrespect he's shown to Kairosh, and, you know, in my opinion, to Iranian football fans, insulting our intelligence, I definitely think that he would not be a great choice, but... Uh, I do think he would he would be one of the front runners. Um, I think a more positive appointment, even though I'm not sure how realistic it is, would be uh, Renard, Morocco coach. But I don't see him leaving anytime soon. I mean, an ambitious and uh, probably a realistic choice would be maybe Arsene Wenger. I mean, he's experienced and he's coached in Asia. He coached Nagoya Grampus in Japan. Uh, I mean, he knows the continent. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I doubt he would take on such a difficult project at this stage in his career. He's probably looking for something easy, uh, kind of like a retirement job. But uh, yeah, um, 
sorry to say, I can't really think of that many realistic candidates at this point. No problem. I'm sure you're in the same same boat as many other Team Ellie supporters. I mean, you want to come up with some big names. You want to come up with some good candidates. But right now, yeah, we could we have to face the facts that we really are in limbo right now. And like you said, and like many other people have also said, that the Iranian Football Federation is not very competent. I mean, I think a big problem that comes from this is that, you know, you have different groups of people within the Iranian Football Federation that that are caring only about their own agenda. And, you know, it's a big, it's a mess at times. And, you know, when I look back at the times when Iran's manager was Amir Galanoi, I mean, let's face it, those are the times where I just would rather not really, I'd rather not remember those times because it was not good for Iran. And, you know, there was, you know, things were bad. And, you know, from other sources, from other sources of mine, I mean, there was Team LE footballers saying that Amir Galanoi had no idea what he was doing. So clearly, definitely hoping that we don't see a repeat of that. I mean, there's plenty of other managers. I mean, of course, I'm not expecting Amir Galanoi to be one of the candidates. But even if he is not one of the candidates, we know there's plenty of other Amir Galanoi-like candidates in Iran still. So, you know... Going back to what you said, do you feel, though, as if, you know, are some dark times, do you feel that there are dark times ahead of us? Um, I'd like to think that it's, um, you know, there is going to be an adjustment period, and I can't say for sure whether it's going to be, you know, a period of just dark times. Um, you know, I think there are positives to look at it, you know, our le- our legionnaires, you know, our um you know, the Iranians playing in Europe is, you know, at an all-time high. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing how players like Osman, you know, Mohanami uh, and, you know, guys like even Mohammadi, um, Izzatullahi, you know, lots of guys playing in Europe right now. Uh, I think that's a positive, and I think those guys, uh, many of them have shown ambition, and they seem like they're... Uh, they're working hard, and I see potential for them to make moves to bigger clubs, right, in that sense. Um, however, yeah, uh, you know, club football is different from national team football, and uh, unless we have a good coach that is not only able to, um, you know, manage the team well and kind of help the team gel it together in, like, a limited amount of games and preparation, you know, Typical for Iranian football, you know, obviously we, we barely have any friendlies, things like that. Um, you know, being able to manage things like that, but then also kind of deal with uh, kind of, with a very uncooperative federation, um, you know, voices, unreasonable voices within Iran. Uh, I think it's just going to be a very tough task for the next manager. And yeah, I mean, I think no matter how good how skilled or how experienced the next manager is. Um, I think there is, like I said, going to be an adjustment period. You know, I don't know how long this is going to take. could be even up to like two years. I think it just really depends on who the next manager is, right? And I think they, it has to be somebody that is very vocal and unafraid to make bold decisions. Um but at the same time, remain kind of partisan, you know, like, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, unbiased, I should say, um, and neutral, because so many people, like you mentioned as well, so many camps within within the Federation, but also 
supporters can are very quick to turn on the national team. And I just think that it's, it's going to be a lot to deal with. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think maybe the next six months will tell us, will give us an idea, will give us a window into what I, you know, what the um, situation surrounding the national team is going to be. Just to conclude, while I wouldn't say um, go so far as to say that we're, we have dark times ahead, I think that the scale is tipped towards the negative side rather than the positive. Ario, I would just like to thank you for taking the time to join us on TMLE Talk. It really was a pleasure to have you on the show. And for all our listeners, is there a way for them to follow you on social media? Would you like to share your handle with us? On Twitter, my personal account is ariohadi1. And uh, I'd also like uh, anybody to follow, anybody interested in the Golbezan uh, family. If you don't already follow Golbezan and Golbezan Japan, we'd greatly appreciate it if you could do so. Okay, everybody, you heard Ario Hadi does work with Golbezan and also Golbezan Japan. And of course, Ario, thank you for the, taking the time to join us and thank you for all that you do for spreading the news of Iranian football and everything about Team Ameli, the national team of Iran. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I can be back sometime soon. Absolutely. Be looking forward to having you back as well. And that's it, everybody, for this edition of Team Ali Talk. It was really great to be back. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. You know the handle, at Team Ali Talk. You can also visit our webpage, TeamLATalk.com. And if you would like to hear my choice for Iran's next head coach, well, you're going to have to tune in to our YouTube channel. We have our next edition coming up soon, and I will share who my choice is for the next manager of TMLE, the national team of Iran. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Khodafis.